0: listening to the weekly sermon from Antioch East Baptist Church located in Magnolia, Arkansas. For more
1: information about our faith and local congregation, visit antiocheast.com. Turning your Bibles with me today to Colossians chapter 1, for it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. And by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross, and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Now, I don't know if you're listening. I hope. I, I, I hope you listen when we read. And, Brother Roland, thank you for reading today some of my favorite scriptures that Roland read today. But these verses just gave us one of the most amazing statements that you'll hear in all the Bible. Let me give it to you one more time. In him, Jesus, on earth, the fullness should dwell. It pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. Colossians 2, 9 further helps us understand what God is saying there. It says, for in him Christ dwells all the fullness of God bodily. Jesus, by the way, was not half man and half God. He was all man, and he was all God. You too have a spirit, whether dead or alive. You have a spirit, and it's all you. You are a physical being, and you are also a spiritual being. Jesus came, what we call incarnate, and took upon flesh. I'm going to make a feeble attempt to explain just how awesome this statement is. And I want you to listen. Now what I'm fixing to tell you can be proven scientifically. The circumference of the earth is 24,901 miles. Unless you believe in a flat earth still. The surface area of the earth is 196,940 miles. 1000 square miles. It's a big planet. Not the biggest, by far. Now the sun, for instance, is 93.7 million miles away from us this morning. The circumference of the sun is 2.7 million miles. 103 million Earth-sized planets could fit into our sun, which is not, by comparison, a large
0: star. Now, what I'm fixing to tell you are best guesses and estimates
1: from study and science some of them are close, some of them may not be close, but these are the estimates that science gives us about things. So listen to me, the Milky Way is the galaxy in which you and I live and it was previously thought and, uh, uh, well, the, the, the Milky Way is bigger than previously thought. A new study done in 2018 shows it would take, now listen to me, 200 thousand years for a spaceship traveling at the speed of light to go across the entire Milky Way. Now did you hear what I said? Two hundred and thousand years it would take for you to travel across the Milky Way from one side to the other uh, uh, traveling at the speed of light. Now we say that all the time. I heard speed of light all the time. You said what in the world is that? Well a light year is the distance light travels in one earth year okay and that is about a a beam of light if you flashed a flashlight into the sky it would take 200,000 years for it to go 6 trillion miles so if you went from one side of our galaxy to the other at the speed of light in one year, it would take you six trillion miles. That is six with 12 zeros behind it, by the way. Therefore, the distance to one edge of our galaxy to the other would be 200,000 times six trillion miles. You say, Brother on you lost me. That's a lot of numbers. That's huge. Exactly that's what I want you to see. And that is just the galaxy you live in. There is an estimate of 100 billion stars in our galaxy alone. 100 billion stars in our galaxy alone the nearest spiral galaxy to the milky way is the andromeda galaxy and it is 2.54 billion light billion light years away now you do the math later i don't have a calculator or enough toes and fingers to count that Now, this is only estimates, seeing it's very difficult to measure the dark spaces between all of the galaxies. But we do know that the Andromeda galaxy is out there, and there are several hundreds of smaller galaxies in between us. But it's the one like our galaxy. Now, just how many galaxies are in the universe? How many galaxies... Are there? Well, research released in 2016 revised the number of galaxies in the observable, what we know, observable universe from a previously estimated estimate of 200 billion. 200 billion galaxies, like ours. And it suggested that that number should moved up, be
0: moved up closer to 2 trillion galaxies. Now that's estimates.
1: Two hundred billions enough. Amen. It is, esti- it's a, it is estimated that within those galaxies there are one times ten to the twenty-fourth power stars. What in the world does that mean? Well, that means twenty-four zeros behind it. One with twenty-four zeros behind it is how many stars are are in those galaxies? By the way, that is more stars than all the grains of sand on our planet. That's how many stars are in the galaxies that we know of. Now, seeing all that, what I'm fixing to tell you is the truth. Is the truth. These things are just what we can observe and estimate within our observations. Vast does not begin to explain the universe. Immense and beautiful and awesome. Yet the Bible tells us in Zechariah 12.1, thus says the Lord who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth and forms the spirit of man within him. The Bible also tells us in Psalm 33.6, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. Are you listening to me? Louis Berkhoff, an eminent uh, theologian back in the early 1900s, late 1800s, wrote a systematic theology. Listen to this statement, all right? Immenseness of God. There it is. I knew I'd get it. Immenseness. He said, We distinguish three modes of presence in space. In other words, this thing right here is present. You're present. Those chairs are present. That computer's present. The lights are present. This is everything that's in this building's present. You get that? So there are three modes of presence in space. Bodies, like sun, moon, stars, planets, even you and I. Bodies are in space circumspectively. That word means with limitations. So bodies are in space circumspectively with limitations because they are bounded by it. Finite spirits, demons, angels, uh, spirit beings are in space definitively since they are not everywhere at one time, but only in a certain definite place. So they are, spirit beings are in one place definitively since they are not everywhere, but only in a certain definite place. Now listen, here's where I was getting to. And in distinction from both of these, God is in space repletively. What does repletively mean? Well, the root word is replete. You've heard that word, replete. Now let me read it with the definition. And in distinction from both of these, God is in space stuffed and gorged. Not him being stuffed and gorged, but he is stuffed and gorged in the universe. What does that mean? Because he fills all space, he is not absent from any part of it, nor more present in one part than in another. Now that's awesome if you listen to it. What he was saying is God is as present here in this room with us today as he is on the farthest star in the universe right now. He's omnipresent. We call this God's attributes of omnipresence. That is, He is everywhere at all times. His omniscience is also an attribute that this tells us about. That means that God knows everything. Now there's a heresy called the openness of God that says that God is very, very wise because He's very, very ancient, but He is ever learning, not knowing all things until they happen. That's Uh, Well, well, if that's true, throw your Bibles away. It's a big bunch of lies. The Bible says he knows all things. Isaiah 66, 1, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build for me? And where is the place of my rest? This is figurative speech to say that God cannot be contained. Jeremiah 23, verse 23 says, Am I a God near at hand? The obvious question is yes, says the Lord. And not a God afar off? Yes, you are a God that's everywhere. Can anyone hide himself in a secret place so I shall not see him? No, they can't, says the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the
0: Lord. Now, is that true or not? Is that true or not? I believe it's true. It is amazing to hear heretics
1: that some believe, by the way, some even believe these guys are evangelical. They're not. They spew blasphemies like Kenneth Copeland who declared in what he said was a prophetic utterance, he said that Jesus told him this, and this is what Jesus told him. He says, Jesus said to me, Don't be disturbed when people accuse you of thinking you are God. They crucified me for claiming that I was God, but I didn't claim to be God. I just claimed I walked with him
0: and that he was in me. Hallelujah. That's what you're doing. Kenneth Copeland also said, and I say
1: this with all this, I'm quoting him, quote, and I say this with all respect so that uh, it, it don't upset you too bad. But I say it anyways. When I read in the Bible where he, God, says I am, I just smile and say, yes, I am too. That's a high, the highest heresy you can make. Benny Hinn and like men are said God came to Earth and touched a piece of dust and it turned into a god. Are you a child of
0: God? Then you're divine. Are you a child of God? Then you're not human. What lunacy! Psalm 50, God himself in verse 21 said, These things you have done, and I
1: kept silent. You thought that I was altogether like you, but I will rebuke you and set them in order before your eyes. Listen to Isaiah 45, 46, 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Isaiah 55 8 says for my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways now listen says the Lord my ways are not your ways says the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts what does that mean that means everything I just described to you about the universe as vast as it is that's how far away from being like God you are
0: having thoughts like Him, being like Him. I've mainly talked of God's omnipresence and His immenseness, but I haven't even really
1: touched His omnipotence, His all-powerfulness, all that I poorly and incompletely have described of the universe. He created it all with words of his mouth or with the thought of his mind Psalm 33:6 6 says by the word of the Lord the heavens were made and all the host of
0: them by the breath of his mouth are you listening to me this morning and listen to Job 26 12-14 listen to this He stirs up the
1: seas with his power. And by his understanding, just by his mind, he breaks up the storm. By his spirit, he adorns the heavens. His hand pierces the fleeing serpent. Listen to verse 14. Indeed, these are the mere edges of his ways. What I just described to you, friend, are just mere edges of his ability and what he can do. And then listen to what it says. How small a whisper we hear of him if you were to understand the universe. We can go through Hubble telescopes and see far off galaxies and see the wonders and the immenseness of millions and billions and light years of distance and the awesomeness of the planets and stars and galaxies and, and all of it. It's all just a whisper of God's power. Let me finish that verse. How small a whisper we hear of him, but the thunder his power who can understand it. The creation of this vast universe is just a whisper of his power. We have yet to hear him thunder. Yet in our text, you say, Brother Ron, that's all well and good. I don't know what that has to do with what we're doing, about oh, you'll see. Yet in our text we find in Christ. In one human body, the fullness of God dwells. For in him, that is Christ, dwells all, all the fullness of God bodily. In this one regular sized body of Christ dwells the dynamo of all the universe and beyond. In Christ dwells the omniscience of God, the omnipresence of God, the omnipotence of God, the sovereignty of God, the character of God. He is God. The Bible says that he became flesh and he dwelt among us. No one took his life. He laid it down freely. He could have called thousands and millions of angels. Why? Because he's
0: God. He is the God that created everything. One of these stars that could swallow up our galaxy. And every star in our galaxy. What will he do? Now wait a minute, listen. What will he do with
1: this tremendous power? Will he create more universes? Maybe he came to create more vast universes. What will he do with all of this infinite resource that he has? He has come to earth he has arrived what will this fullness
0: display
1: and by him he will reconcile all things to himself by him whether things on heaven or things on earth having made peace through the blood of his cross he came
0: to die for you And you who once were aliens
1: and enemies in your mind by wicked words, yet now he has reconciled. Can you imagine as he stepped on the ledge of nothing and looked into the space of nothingness and he began to speak and to think and the worlds, the universe that I just described to you that we just just blows our mind began to come just by the word of his mouth in six literal 24-hour days, by the way. And if you'd have been there, Brother Will, if you'd have been there, Brother Greg, I mean, what would it have been like, man? would not all of us stand there with our jaws gaping open as we
0: saw God creating this universe. And yet, Jesus said, he
1: said, man, that's glorious, that's awesome. Surely God deserves all praise and glory. And yet, Jesus said to God the Father, now the crucifixion now as he was fixing to give his life now glorify me as with that glory that i had with you before the foundation of the world don't look at the universe to see the glory of god i mean we do don't don't get me wrong i'm not saying it's not glorious but if you want to see the glory of god jesus said look at the cross
0: of that god that created it all and the resurrection There is glory. The psalmist has said, oh, listen. Psalm 8 said, when I consider your heavens and the works of your
1: fingers, the moon and the stars, isn't that what we just did? Which you have ordained, and verse 4, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man, that you would visit him? Are you spending time on me, not just another one of your specks of creation,
0: but a rebel to your holiness. He will die to redeem the very thing that is the opposite of him: alienated sinners and enemies. The fullness of God came incarnate to do five
1: things according to verses 21 and 22. And we will look at them next week. I'm just going to mention them now. We'll look at them next week. Now you think about this. Think about the immenseness of God and the eminence of God and the holiness of God and the awesomeness of the God that we just described as I repeat these things in the Scripture. Five things these verses say that God will do. And why he came. Why he became the fullness of God in human flesh. To reconcile us to this God. To reconcile. Why didn't he just brush us off like, like galaxy dust and create something better? No, he didn't do that. He came born of a virgin. And died in our place to reconcile us back to him. To present us Holy. Number three, to present us blameless. Number four, to make us above reproach. Now listen to this last one. And to do it all in the sight of God. I tell you what, God loves you. But he didn't do it for your happiness and joy, although it all will come with it, amen? He did it for the glory of the Father. To show how awesome. He is. All this vast universe, all of it, think of it coming down to the crescendo of the cross and the resurrection for dirty sinners like Brother Ron, for dirty sinners like you and me.